The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. Do you hear that, Ern? The Leaky Cauldron. Just go. You're wasting time. Welcome to Pottercast, your number one source for news, theories, discussion, and interviews with people from the Potter books and films. I know a small amount myself, having written the books. My name is Jakey Rowling. I am now happy to introduce your hosts, Melissa, John, and Sue. And Frank. Oh, yay! Huzzah! It is Pottercast 204. Once again, I'm Melissa. I'm here with John Frankenstein. We've got another week of Potter Fantastic Fabulosity stuff coming. What is in the week of show? Well, um, after our delicious Sue's news, um, we're going to take you to a little bit of... Oh, Half-Blood Bits! No! I mean, Princely Pieces. We're going to have a segment you haven't heard in a long time. One of your favorite segments... Bit by mailbag. Oh. Ah, just kidding. It's the mailbag. Mailbag. Okay. So we'll take Yay. some of your emails. So princely pieces in a mailbag and the news. Correct. And the news. Yep. Let's do it. Welcome to Pottercast number two hundred and four. We have different <laughs> drums and we have different music and we have different everything. Yes. Tell us how you like it. Give us feedback, guys. What the hell? Did you say during the show last week who did our music? Oh, uh, Jason, Monday, <laughs> Ministry of Magic, gave us some new intro music. Thanks, buddy. And now we turn to regular contributor for an update on how the new Wizarding Order is affecting the Muggle world. This first piece of news makes me really happy because it involves someone we really, really love. And her name is Yvonne Lynch. And she has Ooh. been nominated for Best Supporting Actress. Yes, for half Blood Prince. Yay, and what? Yes. And how did she do that? Um, it is the half Blood Prince where they had the Scream nominations, like Spike TV has the uh, online screen, uh, Scream Awards. And half Blood Prince got nominated for so many awards, including Ivana. It, it's just, it's it's thrilling, you know, to see her get nominated. Is but, she um, the only actress from the movie that was nominated for an award? Well, no, because Emma got nominated for Best Actress in a fantasy or, or you know, fantasy movie or TV show, but... Um, Ivana got it for best supporting, and then I love it. Everyone's like, "Yeah, there's all those nominations." And Ivana got nominated. Oh, and by the way, Emma Watson got nominated. Too. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, also that you know, lead actress. Oh, you know, but she gets it all the time. You know, it's just yeah. nice I when know. somebody like like Ivana, you know, gets yeah. a little sunlight, and I love that because all the trio actually got nominated. Dan and Rupert, yay for Rupert because he was just brilliant, and and, and Helena Bonham Carter got nominated for best villain. So, when does this know. close? When does this voting close? It runs through October 17th. Uh, all right, I, I want to make a graphic to put on Leaky with all their little heads on it that says vote for these guys for an award. I'll make Ivana's head huge, and everybody else could just be behind it. <laughs> that be would funny. be awesome. <laughs> do it. Do it. <laughs> um, here's good news. We have other good news today. Um, the extended version of Chamber of Secrets has now been officially confirmed, and awesome. I think the first two are going to come out. Probably, because we already have them for pre-order in our, our cauldron shop, um, around the same time that Half-Blood Prince is coming out on DVD this, this winter, so, or, well, Christmas time, so should be good. Oh, fingers crossed. Yay. Yay. What else is happening? Uh, Frank, what else, you, uh, Frank, you'll appreciate this. Joe is not only a great author, but she's also a pretty fabulous artist, and she and Robbie Coltrane have contributed specially done handprints. For a wonderful charity auction to help a young little girl who lost her hands and toes to meningitis. And Joe did this just 
magnificent sketch. Did you see it, Frankie? Yeah, I looked at it. Um, it's so cool. She does like snakes. It's cute. The thumb's a snake, yeah. and then it's a snake, and then Harry Potter, and then Hedwig, and then a dragon, and then what was the last one? It's a snitch. It looks like the, oh, golden, the golden snitch. Oh, the snitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really cool. Wait. She painted all those things with with her fingers. No, she painted them on top like of her paints? fingers, like she drew them as fingernails and stuff. Yeah, she like drew. Oh, like she I drew like it a, was finger painting, like a hand turkey, and then drew the details on. It's much okay. better than your hand turkeys that you make every Thanksgiving. Yeah. You know. <laughs> hey, you've yeah. never seen my hand turkeys, Sue. That's pretty presumptuous of you. Oh, dude, I don't know, but you're already a turkey enough as it is. Oh, snap, snap, snap. Like I smelled that coming around the corner a mile what? away. You yeah. walked right into it, John, like Walk you said that to it. me. <laughs> All right, Sue. Half-Life Prince continues its very impressive box office run. It is now globally done very, very well. It's made $904 million. That's a fifth dollar. That's a very fast race to a billion. Like, how much, how much did it make? I mean, how much did it cost to make? Oh, $250 million, I think? Yes. That's after it's, actors it's and everything? That's everything, yeah. That's everything. Wow. Yeah. Probably a fifth of that is actor payments. Well, yeah, I, just well, I, mean, I don't know, sometimes they do the budget before. It costs 25 bucks for a movie ticket these days. Yes. The hell. Yeah. But it's doing really, really well overseas, which is, it's it's doing pretty good here in the United States, but it was not like, like Transformer good, but it's done really well. But just globally, it's just pounding. It's amazing. And yeah. it said right now it's the third biggest film in the series, which is... Fairly impressive What's the numbers. first two biggest films? First is Sorcerers. Second is... Sorcerers wait, and guess. Um, Phoenix? I think it's Phoenix, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it overtook Goblet so, to get, become number three. So I think it is... Yeah, because yeah. three, three, three is last. Cons is last. Yeah. yeah, I think it was a shrunken head. <laughs> I couldn't stand those heads. <laughs> they, so. they, they scared away at repeat viewings. Yeah. Right now. Take um, it away, and. It'll be a bumpy ride. All right, know, sure. Something like that. Um, and and the final thing just involves the Deathly Hallows, which continues in production in England. Uh, minor casting. We already knew this though, but um, Harry Melling is going to be back as Dudley, and um, which is good. And he's lost we, some weight. He looks good. He does. He looks well. He has to wear a suit. Not, he doesn't look good for the part like of Neville. Dudley, but. Well, Dudley could have grown up just like Harry. Come on. Yeah. Wait, yeah, we does, don't does know. Dudley lose weight by seven? By yeah, seven? by he, seven. He's 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 built. He's a he's a he's a fighter. Yeah, he's a wrestler. Right. No, he's a puncher. He's a is it a wrestler or is yeah, it he's fighting? A boxer. boxer, probably boxing. Yeah, puncher. <laughs> he's a puncher. Okay, that's number well, one. Well, I'm well, and the most it, we've heard from Jason Isaacs again, who continues to be a marvelous. Just a marvelous spokesman for the series. Not just a funny guy, but he just... And it was a really a reflective interview with him. Usually he's very funny, and, and that's why his interview is always great. But this this interview that he did on the BBC Radio was much more um, reflective and a lot more thoughtful. And he spoke a great deal about Lucius Malfoy and, you know, his fall from grace that he's, he's taking in Deathly Hallows. And, um, you know, he speaks about Lucius losing his wand and... You know, the way he spoke so uh, reverently about the books and the series, like he even went back and addressed, um, you know, changes that fans might feel between the books and the films, like namely the scene like in Half-Life Prince, but with Harry being frozen on the Astronomy Tower and stuff. And so it was really just, you know, I'm not going to bash Gambon, but it was so refreshing to hear uh, an adult actor in this series speak with such, you know, obvious passion and and respect of the series. And it just... 
it, it was just really a good interview. And I really, it, we still have the links up. And if you get a chance, I hope you can download the interview. It's it's really good. So I'm going to go back yeah. and count how many times the number one news article has something to do with Jason Isaacs. And then compare <laughs> it to how many news articles mention Jason Isaacs. And I bet we're going to come up with the same number. <laughs> do you think? Oh. I'm not even going to bet on that. <laughs> So it's like, Jason Isaac is number one. Goes right to number he's, one. He's Most exciting number one, baby. <laughs> That's funny. I, I would agree with her fangirling there on that. I, I appreciate that. I, Someone no, I appreciate of, you know, this is pretty a much very, equal, an honest interview. Pretty Hell much yeah. equal acting caliber to, to Gambon actually, you know, shows an interest in learning more about his character and the and the canon. Yep. Rock mm-hmm. on, Jason. And your hair is him. gorgeous. Your hair is gorgeous. His wig is gorgeous? Yes. This wig is gorgeous. <laughs> all right. What's what's coming up next, John? Oh, I could tell you all the things coming up next. Uh, one of them, do. of course, is Half-Blood Bit. Oh, no. Um, it's Princely Pieces. No, it's Princely Pieces. Oh. Nobody will ever know the real name of the segment. <laughs> princely Pieces coming up. We picked up from where Dumbledore picks up Harry at his little uh, train hopping station all the way through Slughorn's house and that whole bit. So enjoy that. And we also have a little mailbag for you. Some of you, lots of you email us questions, and we've picked about 10 of them. So, fun stuff. Great. Let's do it. Who's the Half-Blood Prince? Who? That's what it says right here. It's Booker's property of the Half-Blood Prince. Pieces. Who went to pieces? Pieces of Prince. I don't know. Drop by drop. Time for princely pieces. Drop by drop, bit by bit. Half frame blood Prince. Frame. Bits at a time. Frame we should by do. Frame. We should do for April Fool's Day. Go frame by frame on one of these. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> I know. <laughs> frame it would, 16 mass rebellion 20, 13 for three hours, and we get we get through four minutes of video. <laughs> Hey, Sue, if the movie is two hours and ten minutes long, how many frames are there? Oh, you know, I can't do this without a calculator. I can't, my maths oh. are not my segments. What would know. the equation be? I don't even know. Oh, oh you're I talking bet the cat knows, but I bet that's boring. I bet we have Half-Blood Prince to talk about. I bet we do. I'd Where are we talk starting about from, that. Frankie? We are starting from when Harry picks him up at the train station. I mean, when Dumbledore picks Harry up at the train station. That was a good moment. Like you've been reckless this summer, Harry. Why aren't you with the Dursleys? I was supposed to pick you up there. I didn't read the book. I'm sorry, Dumbledore. I'm at the train station this time. It's really Harry. Hey, you're supposed to get me the Dursleys. Didn't you read the book? And Gambon's like, uh, don't you know? Yeah, actually, wait a second. <laughs> so says my secretary. Anyway, so he grabs them in the tubes, the subway, whatever. And uh, they take off for a little field trip, a little errand. Where, where are they going? I don't remember. Charming village of Bubbly Bapperton. Charming. What do you What do you guys think of the apparition there? I apparition. It. Apparition. Wait, what? That's what it's called. When, when they apparate, and Harry's like, "I just apparated, didn't I?" Appar- uh-huh. Yeah, I remember that. I just really, anyway. Um, I really liked it. It's much more in with the whole like book description. I like how he he swirls around and moves on. There, there's like a moment when it looks almost like the freeze frame at the end of three. Oh, but they didn't freeze. Oh. That's the thing. Yeah, he's moving around. I like how Dumbledore is like most people vomit. 
I always thought apparating was like instantly, like you blink and you're there. And like, it seems to be like there's a, like this, a good few second moment of like, you're being squished into non-being or well, something. That's how it was written in the book. I mean, Joe describes it, you know, that way. Yeah. Being squished yeah. and then being like shoved through a tube. It's, and right when it gets to be unbearable, you, you're there. I guess if it was in the book, then I probably should have known that. Hmm. Well, I thought the village that they chose that well, I remember when we, we that was one some of the earliest photos we got from location filming, and I thought that the village just looked wonderful. I thought it just matched kind of what I had in my mind, you know, and uh, so I gave him a lot of credit for that. That was really cool. And then he lands there, and we did even see like little things, like the little war memorial thing. And I know mm-hmm. that's just like kind of an a like a who cares things they could have done without it, but I thought it was kind of a cool touch. And then you show him walking up to this cool house, and that so. It's pretty pretty cool. I thought I really like that apparition. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. I have no thoughts really one way or the other about the, the village. Apparition. It was a fine little village. What? It was a cute little village. I think yeah, it's I, a they, village. They, they, they I don't know work. that it merits much, you know. Well, it's cute. It's like a of village. Well, um, I'm curious. This is kind of off some image. But you know, in like the fifth book and movie, um, when they appar- when Fred and George apparate just like down the steps. Does it take as long, or does it feel as bad, or just more like pop pop? Because they're so close. Yeah, there's so many different kinds of apparition in these movies. I know, like the kind where you turn into black smoke and you flutter around. Like, I want to turn into white smoke and have like is fog it, think, off me when I apparate. Do you think it's it's mm-hmm. choice? Do you think you you can control it? Like obviously, Fred, Fred, and Fred and George do it the way we thought yeah. it would be from the books. It's a pop. I'm assuming that whatever it is that we're seeing these death theaters and our members do when they float around like clouds or whatever, like angry little clouds, that's not apparating. It's like the, the angry cloud spell, and so it has its own set of rules. I would admit, I would argue that the when the death theaters and the order members do the whole cloud stuff, it's kind of like they they're halfway apparating. It's kind of like they're kind of putting their foot in and outside the door, and they manage to achieve some sort of like halfway state. Well, there's yeah, a difference between definition... what they did at the beginning of the movie with the flying around black smoke and what they do in the ministry, which is appear in a column of black smoke like they've just been to the Lost Island. Like, but you know, know, in the, not... when they're around the, the the veil, they're flying around hitting each other with spells. No, no. but I understand that's yeah. when they're flying. But when they appear also, yeah. they do the whole black smoke thing, which is, it's, you know. It's complete nonsense. It's not apparating. What's the three rules of appar- apparating? Destination, determination, and deliver. And, and tell me, it? knowing the rules of apparition being what they are, how in the world it applies to being able to transport yourself mid-apparition around wherever the hell you want, half human, half smoke, it's complete nonsense. It's not apparating. It must be something else. It's something the, that somebody said, hey, this would look cool in movie. You want to have some smoke? Joe, do you mind? And she's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Joe's like, fine, but it's not apparating. It's the angry cloud spell. <laughs> yes. It's actually what Voldemort does in book seven. Sure, uh, Voldemort in book seven. I don't think well, that's Voldemort. Smoke. He's he, he just flies. flies. Cloud. Yeah, no, he just flies. No help of anything at all. He just flies. Oh, I thought he flew on a cloud. No, there's no smoke. Any any threw little uh, porcupines down on people. What? He'd fly around <laughs> and then on a cloud and what? drop porcupines on people. Oh, hi, Super Mario. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> well, I loved I loved when we got into when we got you know he walked in and there was that moment of like kind of drama you know that like intense and I thought that this whole scene was marvelously done in the movie. They go into his house and you know just the way you go in the way the whole setting was wonderful and and you know it's all destroyed and then 
he goes over and the stuff drips from the ceiling. I just thought that was just so cool. And then <laughs> I didn't know how they would introduce Slughorn. And I thought the scene was just darling how they made him come out of the chair. I don't know. It was cool how it was like his outfit was the upholstery yeah. of the chair. It was very that clever. was funny. I don't know why I, I, I had never occurred to me, but yeah, when I was reading, it it's, makes perfect sense. It's cool how they set up Dumbledore being able to sense where magic exists, even oh, though yeah. it's not visible. With him yeah. noticing that the, the armchair, for whatever reason, did not look like a normal armchair. Yeah, yeah, and then it, it makes me like curious about like- human transfiguration because, like, he's able to turn something to armchair. Is that like what Tonks does, or he's just that good? It's That's just a good point. Yeah, I mean, it's you're not like an animagus. Maybe you, like there's rules that you can't transfigure yourself into another living thing because that would be too similar to an animagus or a metamorph. But. Well, because the animagus, they say when you transfigure yourself into animagus, you don't re- retain consciousness of who you are. You become yeah. an animal, pretty much. Yeah, oh, God, that's, that's a whole you other category. You don't transform yourself into, say, a slug because you can't transform yourself out. Yeah. Yeah. But people do transform people into slugs. Yeah, but like, so like, I'm right. curious as to like, since maybe he did the transfiguration himself and chairs don't have brains, like, right, right. how are you going to get back? <laughs> but I don't know, it's just, it was cool. And then the whole sound effects were kind of cool too, like all the springs and whatnot. That was cool. Yeah, totally. Uh, but uh, it was really cool how he, he like, I, I liked it because he was talking about the dragon's blood and that, that was kind of a cool thing. He like tasted it and then he came out gross. of this thing. That was, he was so gross. gross. What is he? Vampire Bill Bedore? <laughs> <laughs> gross. Did, did, but Dumbledore didn't say he, he wanted, did he say that he wanted to go read the knitting patterns or something? He does. To use he the said he asked yeah. if he could keep it. If he could keep the, he, he asked to use the loo. So he yeah. leaves, yeah. so he left Slughorn alone with Harry so that they could, you know, so Slughorn could, you know, Get his you heart set Dumbledore. on having Harry in his class. How much you want to bet Dumbledore was using an extendable ear that whole time? Can, can we just talk I about it? We were very amused at that. What, Sue? I wanted to say how good Jim Slughorn was in this whole scene. Cause I, or Jim, Jim Brombat in this whole <laughs> scene. I'm sorry, duh. Um, but he, he was just that thought. I felt so sorry for him. And, you know, here he was showing those photos when we walk over and the camera goes over. And it was really cool. You could see all the different people and, you know, the, the work they had them like flying on the Gwinnick, the girl from the Quidditch team flying on the broom and all that. And at the same time, I felt just I felt so sorry for him because he was just, you know, caught up in nostalgia and just, you know, here's his trappings. This is what's important to him. And it just I don't know. It was such a I don't know. Melancholy is not the right word. I don't know what to say. But that whole scene just really. It's also kind of really. Sad. It was, and I don't know. Was I didn't know if I was just off by by that, but I just was really moved by that scene. I mean, uh-huh. sad in like a little bit of a pathetic way because like he's on the run from yeah. Death Eaters. He doesn't stay anywhere more than two weeks. He barely got into this person's house, and he sets up a shelf to say to remind himself of his own importance. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not, it doesn't make me dislike Slughorn. There's a very there's a heart there, but I just it's kind of sad. You know? I agree because like yeah, I had never seen Slughorn in that light before. I always he was so pompous or just kind of sure of himself in the books mm-hmm. that in the in the movie him like the whole washed up nature of him I was like it was it was interesting especially like when he's walking to Green Broom Six and Flitwick kind of like brushed him off like oh yeah I got choir practice yeah like he didn't want to deal with him type of thing I never. It's a nice take. It's an interesting take. The fact that he's kind of like, I don't know. Maybe he hangs out with the kids because the adults get tired of him and they don't want him around. Yeah. yeah. I, I empathize a lot because I love the idea that of all of these famous people and of all of these, you know, sports, you know, athletes and 
politicians and everything else, his favorite after all these years was Lily, mm, who, yeah. to our knowledge, you know, she was a great witch, certainly, but c- comparing celebrity, he was, she was his favorite, you know, certainly before she was killed and everything else, just because she was, she was special. And for us to like Lily, to see him like Lily means that we like Slughorn. That's what yeah. I think, anyway. Did, did we see Regulus? Was he in one of those? He was in the photo. He was in the photo. Okay. Yeah, it was one of his most astonishing lines when you look at it. I, I didn't get serious in my class. I would have liked the set. Like, he just collect, he just collects people. It's so it's so raw. Like, I, I would have liked yeah. to have gotten the set of them. Like, like they're nothing else but people he collects to, to yeah. put on his on Yeah, his that shop. is kind of funny. You know? I would have liked the set. I, yeah. I, I think they I was yeah, I mean that's that's in his character certainly but I was it was a good way to remind everybody oh yeah Sirius died last year it was one of the few times he was mentioned at mm-hmm. all in this movie really and I thought that was a good way to, to bring that up John I agree I thought that was kind of you know good work to work it in I was totally shocked that we didn't hear more about Sirius in the in the movie considering how big a deal it was for Harry to lose him mm-hmm. in the book around this time in, in book six. Yeah, it was appropriate though to the film because because yeah. the seven, like the fifth movie wasn't really even about serious. Like I, that was one thing that kind of bugged me. Like he just died, and I was like, all right, like I didn't yeah. really get a big connection with him. I was like, okay, he's dead. And like he had that moment with the tapestry, and that was cool. And then him sneaking off in dog form, and like, oh, we should do that, you know, la di da. Yeah, yeah, nothing we love more than a rascal. Yeah. He's a silly guy. Um, can I just kind of not too much off track, but um, today we saw a piece of this is kind of a cool thing. We're talking about this very scene. We saw a making of video by one of the companies, production companies that does the special effects for the movies. And they did this scene mm. about how they, um, you know, put Dumbledore's hand in and how they redid the scene. You know, because like with magic, you know, Dumbledore comes out and fixes up the whole room. And so we got to see how they did the effects for that and it's really cool thing so if you get a chance i hope you guys check out that link because it's really just we're talking about this very scene so yeah i like the little squeaky chandelier piece in that scene yes (laughs) wasn't that darling and he was like under his foot all the little personalizations they put on it really cute Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. gorgeous i love the idea of the reparo being so strong it puts the dust back into its place where it was removed it's crazy yeah i like how we just we're just having these conversations about whether like for somebody like dumbledore it's just one reparo and you could do something like that fix a room (laughs) oh i know you know yeah Uh, he could have said reparo maxima we didn't hear it that could have been used that's all the maximum the world explodes and Ginny. It's like super size, super size. Bring out the Ultra Zord. (laughs) Well, I think we will start talking (laughs) next week about about when they leave Slughorns. Yes, he's gone from Slughorns. He's finally on his own, so far away from home. (laughs) And um, I love it when when he drops them off and literally drops them off at the burrow. That was hilarious. I, yeah, I love the, appar- the apparition drop off. Well, let's talk about that next week on Prince yeah, of Peace. Next week. Or Half Blood Bits. We don't know what it's called. I don't know. We'll figure it's it out next week. Bye. Oh, Miles here. Bit early for mail, isn't it? But I, I never get mail. Let's open it. Mail, the mail's here. Mail time. Oh, great. Thanks. 
it's the mailbag. We Yay. haven't had this in like two years. Here's a mail that never fails. It makes me want to whack my t- I don't think I've ever done a mailbag. But it really? What? That can't be right. Really? I don't think I have. Or hey, maybe yeah. only one. On the show? Uh, maybe yeah, one when John was mailbag, gone. Frankie. Maybe like when it was just the three of us. We've got your mail and email form, so it'll move a little quicker. Because good old Chloe, our uh, podcast uh, crafty witch, whatever she, I forget what she calls herself. Witchy helper. Witchy helper. Podcast <laughs> crafty witch. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's been answering your questions. So um, I figured uh, let's answer some ourselves. Good times. You ready for the first one? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, do it. All right. Um, this is a kind of fun little can, anyone. Um, This is from Andy. Uh, He says, I have a question, and I'm not sure if this is the right way to ask it, but has Dumbledore's Patronus ever been discussed? Hmm. No, but we've seen it. Yeah, what is it? It's a phoenix. Oh! Right. Totally a phoenix. It's in book five. Why is uh, his Patronus a phoenix? I think Joe said it. I think I think she confirmed at some point that that his Patronus was a phoenix, but it's only called a ghostly bird in... In five, we yeah. see him cast it when they find Barty Crouch. Oh, that's right. Well, good. Well, thank you, Andy, for that question. Dumbledore. Oh, that's four. Book four. Why am I saying book five? It's book four. Sorry. Okay, right, ready? Next oh, okay, question? next question. This is from Vila Wolf. She says, "My hard drive broke down, and I lost my iTunes, and I lost all my old podcast episodes. How do I get podcast episodes back?" Oh. Good question. We get this one a Very lot. Relevant Potter question. We get this one a lot. Um, podcast.com has most of them uh, in the episode section you can download them individually and every once in a while once every month or two we put all of the episodes back on the iTunes feed so you can check the iTunes feed every week and you might get lucky one day and see them all there to download it's a good time I guess you're going to have to subscribe on iTunes we'll have to subscribe at iTunes and look every week okay next question this is from Claire she says who wrote the script for the acting troupe? I read ah, somewhere so it was good. someone from the Sugar Quill, and I was interested <laughs> what their pen name was. Acting troupe from last week. Can I answer this one? I would love yes, to. answer it. The person who wrote this is a lovely British woman named Joe Mativier, and her Sugar Quill name is Dogstar. However, um, she is also the person who came to the United States and helped me finish Harry History. Yes. But that's the same person? Your assistant? Yep. He came really? in and helped me help me research and got me coffee and kept me sane for the last three months of my before deadline. Her Which, name is Joan? Joe. Joe. Joe like Joe. Was she a hardcore Harry Potter fan before you met her? Yes. And actually we met through my friend Meg. Oh, okay. Meg. Meg That's I was so talking awesome. with Meg. I was I was I was doing like all these like I had any time at all, I was doing all these interviews mm-hmm. for this position because I needed somebody in the in the New York to you know to help for the past last few months, and I was on the phone with Meg, and immediately she started screaming. I know exactly who's going to be. I know exactly who's going to be. I got the girl. I have the girl. Which and one's Meg? Did I meet Meg? Meg, did you? She, tall, very very long red hair. She's in the book. No, um, she used to be one of the editors here. She's who awesome. was the one that was in DC? Jenny. Jenny. Oh, I loved her. She was so cool. Me. Oh, that's Kathleen that you met Kathleen? in D.C. Kathleen. Yes, okay. Kathleen. Kathleen. Hey, I just had an idea, you guys. Yes. I don't know if we can pull this off or not um, without bothering anybody, but uh, 
I can run it through the acting troupe kids. Everybody's been asking, how can I listen to all the acting troupe? Oh, I missed this episode or whatever, whatever the heck it was. What if we compiled it into one thing and yes! and made yes. made a CD and mm-hmm. uh, include it in our Get a Clue Christmas Drive this year? Uh, that would be awesome. Oh my gosh, I want it. Except yeah. that I cannot ship something But well, what if it else? was only a digital release? That would be great. And then Frankie can do uh, art for it. Yes! That would be great. We can put it on iTunes. You can get it yourself. And it would be like, what, $2? Yeah, something something, something little that we can thing. give to the HP Alliance. Oh, that's a wonderful I idea. love the Everybody in the chat seems pretty excited about it. We're all freaking out. It's and really I, funny. I have, we got to meet have to run it by the, uh, the, um, the producers and the gang and the acting troupe. But I can't imagine that they would not like that idea. I, actually, I owe them a big page and post on Pottercast.com so you all can get to know them a little better and uh, see some of their other work and see some pictures and so all that good. good stuff. It's amazing. There's one more episode left. Episode 6 is the final one of this season. Ooh. Gosh. It's like the end of Lost or something. You're going to torture people. That's terrible. I'm really impressed with the writing. The writing's really good and a lot of fun. She's just great. And I knew the recommendation from Meg was very, very high. Joe's Joe's awesome. Joe, the the day that we interviewed, uh, she was here helping me the day that we interviewed Joe for too many Joes. The day we interviewed Joe for Pottercast, Joe was here. And she she literally it was like at seven o'clock in the morning, and she literally came over at seven o'clock in the morning and was just sitting behind us the whole time, having a total freak attack. It was awesome. <laughs> she was so excited. <laughs> cool. Joe needs to come back. Both of them. Great. You know, we should have a couple of them I on on the show and for a little interview about the acting troupe before the last one comes out. Be nice. Okay. That'd be a fun idea. All right. Well, I'd continuing with that. the mailbag here. Um, one from uh, S- Samantha McCloyd says, Hi, Pottercast. Oh. I have a question for you. Um, I was watching the Sorcerer's Stone movie, and I saw the part where Harry opened his first chocolate card, and he said that he got Dumbledore, and then Dumbledore left, and Ron was all like, well, you can't think he's going to stay there all day, for gosh sakes. And then she said that it confused her. Now that he's dead, would he be seen at all in these cards? Or uh, what about the really old cards, like the founders? Can they can they be seen? Do they run off? I'm going crazy. What's going on? Signed, Samantha McCloyd. I would imagine <laughs> they'd be there because why would you collect a card with the dead person's name and That's true. I would imagine though that like they would, they just walk around between other cards to hang out. Yeah, I, I always envisioned them as, as just like an, a magical enchantment of kind of like a capturing of themselves and that like say if they're a portrait, what you see on the yeah. in the cor- in the card isn't necessarily them. It's just like a moment that they've been captured, obviously. Yeah, it's like a like more it's more uh it's more picture ish than portrait ish. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But where the heck does Dumbledore go then in his card? Like can, well, can Dumbledore only exist cards. in one Maybe person's only- card at any point in time? Maybe I am still, you know what? I am still cards. holding on to my theory that part of his, that 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 his, his chocolate card stuff. He was watching Harry, and he was networking with all the other portraits. I, I, he makes this line in five about you have no idea how just how closely I have watched you, mm-hmm. and then in five, 
somebody else says the only thing that he would mind about, like being taken off the wizard gamut, blah, 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 is if he was taken off the chocolate frog cards. I just think that that, is, that is part of how Harry, of how well, he was watching. That Harry. would be really smart. That would be clever on his part to do it like that. You know. Well, how much money is that candy company getting from, you know, the government <laughs> at this point for all those espionage and surveillance work? It's kind of freaky when you think about it like that. Gosh. Uh, do you think that's actually regulated by the Ministry of Magic, John? Seriously, now. Come on. I don't know. I wouldn't want the mother's eyes in my pocket all the time. It's creepy. <laughs> <laughs> Not even going to go there. All right. Oh, boy. We have five minutes left on the mailbag. How, how much more time we have left for the mailbag here? Five minutes. Five go. minutes. Let's move on to to uh, Chingtu McCulgan, something like that. Okay. Ching McCulgan. Snape? Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, will the Pottercast group from Leaky go to the Harry Potter expedition in Chicago at the museum? Exhibition. What is it called? <laughs> the Harry Potter expedition would be a whole other thing. Oh, whatever it is. The, and do you know where the exhibit will be going next after Chicago? I can tell. Boston. I know the next part. Oh, sorry, Sue. I knew you knew. Um, the, What's the one after after Boston? I forgot. It's going to... to no, it's go, It's already in Chicago, and it opens in Boston right. in October, and it'll be there. And it'll be there until February of next year. So you'll have plenty of time to be able to go catch it. Um, there is rumors that it's going to stay one more time in the United States, but then hopefully it'll make it over to the UK after that. Oh, cool! Yeah, that'd be a long plane ride for all those little guys. Whatever it is that's in the exhibit, maybe they'll go by boat. I don't even know. By boat, they probably do have to get some of that stuff over by boat. By boat, yeah. That's crazy. I wish I would have seen it. I, I really want to see it. Hopefully, they'll go to California. Uh, it might. It, that you know, because I, it's on a five-year track around the United States and or around the world, actually. But I think it'll do yeah. one more. They said the rumors it's going to do one more thing in the United States before it goes abroad. Cool. So, all right. This is a very weird question from Daisy Pond. I don't know where she heard this. She says, "Is it true that inferiors are always nude?" John what? said this. It sounds like something he would say. It's true that John said it. Did you say that? I don't recall, but it, it does sound like something I would suggest. It does sound like something I'd say. Do we know if canon, something as well. this is in the canon, if inferiors are always nude? It's part of the spell. <laughs> They have to be well, when you're a, a dead body, That's buddy. why they're so pissed off. They're like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> they don't really want to kill people. They just want their clothes. And in the meantime, they just overtake everyone. Like, give me the shit. I want the pants. Give me the underwear. Just give me a sock. <laughs> and then they just end up tearing the people apart and it as a byproduct. <laughs> Oh, man. I guess, yeah. I mean, what purpose would they have with clothes otherwise? Frack, you should draw it. <laughs> oh, yes, please. So, just, just, ridiculous. <laughs> just please keep in mind that they're in the water most of the time, so that has its toll. Oh, no, you did not say that. No. God, bring a ter- perfectly wholesome joke <laughs> to the gutter. Oh, it's perfectly wholesome Five joke. years and counting here on podcast for four years and counting. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Thank you, thank you, Daisy, for that uh, that question and show note in this week's episode. Oh, All right. Man. Last question here for the mailbag. Oh, this funny. is a long one. I have a long. I think we have a long discussion. If you want to save love it for next time, one. can't. We have two minutes. Well, okay. we can't then. How do the house elves deal with the laundry at Hogwarts? If they are given <clears> clothes, <throat> even dirty ones like Harry's sock, they are set free. 
and none of the house elves at Hogwarts except Doggy are set free, etc. If they take the dirty clothes rather than are given the dirty clothes, is that a loophole in magical elf human contract? Who knows the answer to this? Do they wash well, them? Do they scorchify the clothes? They, they, what the hell? Dobby is t- is given a right. sock. It is in an object he is given. If you just drop your stuff in a chute, that's not being given clothing. Right. And secondly, too, don't you have to be given by your master, correct? And in, in, in right. Dumbledore at that or whoever's oh. the headmaster, they're not, they're not, they're not. No, yeah, that's it true. Your, it has to be the master. Otherwise, but Harry gave Harry Dobby just the sock random. and Harry wasn't his no, master. No, Lucius did. Because Harry Lucius did not give Dobby the sock off. Lucius, Lucius did. Oh, son of a off the off the, the thing and, and threw it okay. to him like take this. Right. Him, and then yeah. and so that's it has to Harry be. Harry would have done that from day one. Hermione would have gone around forcing clothes on every right. freaking elf. So who the you hell washes Dumbledore's clothes? Madam Pomfrey? Well, what if they just do like don't house elves? She she said that they have special magic. So why why can't they just like do like you know Mrs. Weasley does like enchant them to like pick them up and throw them in whatever? I mean, you know? I'd imagine they would. Who wants to do laundry all day? Exactly. Yeah, there's got to be some benefit to having magical powers. I mean, come on. I bet Dumbledore <laughs> will scorchify his own clothes. That's why he wears the same purple outfit every day. <laughs> He is. <laughs> With the no same other time. See, Dumbledore throat, doesn't actually. This is a little known fact about Dumbledore. He never wears the same outfit twice. He just conjures new ones every morning and transforms stuff. <laughs> All right. Make it work, people. Fun mailbag. How can they send us in their own questions, John? If you want to send us in your own questions, write to us at staff at com. That's it? That's all you have to do. Very easy. Awesome. Okay. Goodbye. Okay. Goodbye. 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 <laughs> Goodbye. 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 Oh, it's the end of the show. It's the drum. Dum, bum. Can right. I just say about drums? It kind of puts you in a rhythm, kind of walking, kind of mood, kind of dancing. The drums, anybody yeah. Any, anybody can do any walking coming up? <clears throat> yes. Thank you, Sue. Thank you for that fantastic Sue, segue. you are the queen <laughs> of segues. I, I know. Swear. Very nice. If I ever need to bring up something in conversation, I'm just going to text you like, how do I bring up purple elephants? Well. <laughs> <laughs> I'll figure it out. I'm going to be walking, if you've been watching our YouTube vlogs, you know that I'm going to be walking in the Avon Walk for Breast Cancer Awareness and Cure uh, this this October. And to make things, I need to raise, me and my team need to raise like a freaking ton of money. So to make things interesting, I made a schedule of things that you will get if you donate a certain amount of money. And in two days, you guys have raised like $3,000. Um, wow. Just through Twitter alone, through through the, the video and announcements on Twitter alone. Um, what are they winning with this money? What did what do they get in return? I will for tell them? you in one moment, so that I don't miss anything. Okay, so if you donate twenty dollars or above, you get a shout out on Pottercast. I'm gonna do shout outs in a second. Nice. Um, oh. Thirty dollars, uh, you get the the Pottercast tour poster. Which, by the way, Frankie, I need you to send out because you have them all. I'll send you all the packaging and the addresses and stuff. And okay. um, so, and you get the, the podcast tour poster and your name shouted out on podcast. If Ooh, you donate I actually 50, charge a dollar for that. No, if you if you donate fifty dollars, you get your choice between the Jingle Spell CDs. If you donate sixty dollars, I will sign a Harry a history and send it to your house. Oh. If you donate seventy five dollars, you'll get a preview of the LeakyCon uh, CD. Ooh. If you donate a hundred dollars, you get a preview of the LeakyCon DVD. And if you donate $200, we will do a guest spot together on podcast. You've come on podcast. We'll talk for a while. Um, oh, and wow. The, yeah. Um, man, you guys have been boogieing on this. Um, and 
the, the top prize, I got... I'm going to send a piece of the J.K. Rowling interview that I have on my computer from Harry History, um, the unpublished one. I'm going to send a piece of it just to you, or you could get a, a really impossible to get John Green bobblehead doll um, that they made for his birthday, and they, they sold out in like three hours. But the guys have a couple of extra, and they gave me one for this purpose. So the top two donors... I'm, I'm like watching the donations over the next week and a half and the people who donated the most money by the end of this time the top two people get to get those prizes the top one picks and the second one gets the one that the other one did get dang very awesome. nice how much do you have to give to get a uh, Harry and the Potters original cassette recording of uh, of uh, their music have you guys not seen that they're doing those it's crazy you should Seriously? have them donate one to your cause yeah they're, they're selling one of a kind uh, Twenty-minute-long cassette recordings of live music. Wow! Seriously, you should bug Paul for one for your thing. Okay, I will. Um, well, I have some shout-outs to do. So these are the people that have donated twenty dollars or more. And there's quite a few. So everybody, just sit, sit tight for a sec. Thank oh you very much to Daniel Bond, Amy Tull, Daniel Backhouse, Becca Allen, Maggie Melchior, Alicia Cosbial, I never pronounce her last name right, <laughs> Joseph Ruff, Kate Barry, Nania Hoffman, Elda Pinea, Sarah Banfield, Julia Katz, Brenda McCaffrey, Catherine Phillips, Stacey Morano, Kelly Watts, Mariah Pollock, Ivan Powell, Rebecca Allen, Lewis Brooks, Noah Smith, Jennifer Cohen, Melinda Stahl, Kelly Fleming, Susan Schaefer, Denise McKibben, Karen Kath, Brittany Nesset, Gina Gad, Laurie Staskovich, Patrick Fleming, Veronica Bartlett, Joshua, Joshua Yelds, Ma Parents, Glenn Johnson, Amanda Weber, Theodore Hua, Gavin Weedmeyer, Cheryl Klein, Cheryl Majrock, John Green, who donated 120 bucks. I he's amazing. Matt Revman, Don Tahar, Jeffrey Peterson, Mary Jane Harper, who has donated now just shy of four hundred dollars. What? Yes. No. Yes. She's so he's an gener- insane person. Um, and Dean O'Carroll. Wow. What's that top prize that she gets if she does the um, most? She can get a piece of the J.K. Rowling interview that's just for her. Holy cow. That's amazing. MJ, I have the whole thing. She, I'll sell it to she you. asked me about a specific thing from the J.K. Rowling interview, like any of you, I would tell her. Yeah. But she yeah. just wants she she told me it was the best money she's gonna spend all year when I when I emailed her to say, What are you doing? Wow. God bless her. I mean that's so generous. Maybe. That's so if people are doing this and it's such a good cause and I, I, I donated to your sister. Don't kill me. <laughs> thank <laughs> to you. To her team. <laughs> thank you, thank you. But it's such a good thing that you guys are doing now. The question is, are you going to actually, are you in training for this? Are you doing the walking? What are you doing? I should be training more than I am. Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, um, <laughs> we're, we're working on it. It's going to be, it's a, it's a lot of walking. But yeah. I will donate, I will donate $1,800 if you get Muchka to walk. No. <laughs> you know, you shouldn't say things like that, John, because what if I put her on a leash and what if she came? Um, how, how far is it? You have 39 so miles. You're not, it's not. <laughs> okay. Fail. I will raise $1,800 tonight on Noe Thursday. You will not. going to be dragged 39 miles. Listen, listen, this is how you do it, guys. This is how you do it. Listen, you shush. This is how you do it, and I got to be fast. You go to penbitten.com slash Melissa Walk. It's very important you use that, that address because once I hit goal, once another teammate hits goal through all these donations, I'm going to be transferring you over to our next teammate who needs the donations. So um, now, like everything's going to my friend Jamie, so it's um, uh, to hit to his walk because he has to get to goal as well. So you go to penbitten.com, Melissa Walk, and you donate whatever you want to donate, and then I will get the receipt and you will get your prize. Pretty cool. Wow. Very awesome. And Frankie will put it in the mail. 
Yes, Frankie, you got to do some poster sending if you don't mind. <laughs> uh, that's fine. It is tax deductible, by the way. It's to the Avon Foundation. Speaking of, of Frankie sending crap out, should we shout out our thing, or do you want to wait till your thing here is done? What's that? Our, our little um, email, Facebook, Twitter um, thingamajigger are, that Frankie is sending up, out. Are we set up to do this? We, we can be without too much effort. Okay, well, we've got like a ton of the podcast posters. Oh, the podcast posters are so cool. Oh, we're not we're not set up. We have to send them to someplace to get it. Look for um, that information soon. But Twitter. if you've always wanted a shirt or a poster, you'll be able to get that soon. Okay. Cool beans. That's the end of the show. Woo! Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I feel like we squished a two-hour show into an hour. Thank you for booking me for me. That's all right. Last week was like 100. Yes. Or not 100. An hour 37. It was enormous. We didn't talk about Potter Pundits. I know we didn't. I wanted to. Potter Pundits was awesome. I'm putting up a blog at, uh, I said we're done with this, from Travis. I want to be on a Potter Pundits one time. Me too. I'm, I'm sure that's possible, dudes. I think at some point, all four of us individually should go on a Potter Pundits episode. Good. And just get schooled. <laughs> So Melissa won't, won't get schooled yes, because she'll like research no, plan beforehand. No, and they know things. They just they, they pull references out of thin air. It's it's intense. It's a totally different thing. There's no way you can research for that. But fine. All right. Well, until next time, then, guys, keep twiddling those dials. The next password will be Potter Pundits. Each other safe. Keep faith. Good, good night. night. Oh, that was hey, good. We did it. Wow, that was very wow. good. All about. Bye. Bye, everyone. We've missed it. you free. I confess myself disappointed. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to bed. Great, Scott. No wonder. Look at the time. We've been here nearly four hours. Spooky how the time flies when one's having fun. <laughs>